Welcome to Soccer Neophytes Podcast. This episode, Kemi features Everton. We have a Brentford-Liverpool instant classic. The top two teams battle it out. Bruno takes his last penalty. The North London Derby. And a sentimental goal for everyone's favorite Mexican. welcome hey hey what's up man how's it going i teased a question for chris which we'll get to in a little bit but uh <laughs> um Kemi, i didn't know selena scored this weekend what i didn't know selena scored this weekend <laughs> kemi we're gonna start with you uh you featured everton and norwich i did um give us give us your thoughts um Probably Everton won by two goals. Probably two of the more boring goals I saw all weekend. <laughs> uh, all that to say, I, the whole the whole match kind of underwhelming. wasn't Didn't really move the needle. Um, yeah, it was it was it was boring. I got to apply some vernacular that I picked up, like VAR. So they had to go to VAR for a penalty kick. Um, which I, I didn't see the foul. Um, it looked pretty inadvertent to me, but he got the penalty kick and he got, he got the goal, went up one nil. The second kick was a really, really, it looked like a soft cross and just like a side of the foot, tap it in. The goalkeeper looked like he made an attempt to stop it, but just looked really <laughs> lackluster. Like, you know, there's always next week and two nil was a score and that was it. I, I probably won't feature them again. <laughs> I don't think I'll be jumping on the bandwagon for either squad, but hey, football's football. Yeah. Um, you won't jump on the Norwich bandwagon, that's for sure. Like, I, I feel like my first match was Liverpool Norwich. No, was it Norwich? I feel like that was the first match. And I, I no, not the mind. opening weekend match. Too, yeah. I don't think it was. Yeah, I think that was. It was, wasn't it? Was yeah. yeah. So does does Norwich do they tend to play up and down to their competition? Because that first week they were pretty exciting to watch against Liverpool, and this week was just I was I I, I nodded off a couple of times. Yeah, Nor Norwich is pretty pretty abysmal to be okay. honest. <laughs> I feel like I picked a good one. I feel like Kemi hasn't actually featured Norwich, but he's actually had to sit through two of their matches at this. This point. is the third match. Or third match. Can we just mark them off the list for him? Like, he doesn't need to feature them at any point in this season. By the, time, by the time he gets to Norwich, they'll actually already be mathematically eliminated. Like, they'll already be in the relegation. So, uh, he probably can scratch them off the list. The Josh Sargent going. might come on strong by then. Josh Sargent might turn their season around. True. That's true. So, let's, I mean, let's hold out hope for that. The pace they're that all- they're going right now, they're going to be mathematically eliminated in November. So... Yeah, they have, they have no wins, no points. Um, Everton, on the other hand, I mean, it is disappointing that it was kind of a disappointing or lackluster match because I do think there are some interesting players at Everton. They're, they're a historical team. Um, I'm sure you'll see them again, maybe featuring another club, so maybe they'll spark your interest. Um Alex Awobi, did you yep. notice him out on the pitch? Beautiful fellow, hair. Watch them. Fellow Niger- Nigerian. Yeah. Fellow Nigerian. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they also have a Cameroonian on the team, which is also pretty cool. West African. Oh, they do. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, unfortunate. I think Everton's got a very sad like history, though, of disappointment. So maybe not a bad thing to discount them completely. Although I mean, I I'll give it, they pulled out the win. They played what I think looked like solid football, but it was just kind of a snoozer. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fifth on the table. I mean, they've, I don't remember who all they've played so far. I have Chris's voice echoing in my head saying that the schedule matters, the strength of schedule matters. But I mean, through six games, they're four, one and one. Yeah. 13 like points. Watching Philip Rivers play football, it's not going <laughs> to spark joy, but he's effective. <laughs> 
<laughs> they won. It didn't spark joy, but it was effective. Yeah, they they haven't played really anyone. They beat Southampton the first week. They drew with Leeds. They beat Brighton. They beat Burnley. They got smoked by Villa 3-0, and then they beat Norwich. So Chris, Chris's schedule matter <laughs> refrain rings very true at this point for Everton. But also, we got to remember, they were a decent club last year, too. It's not like this is unexpected. They were three points out of seventh last year, and they were in the top six or seven almost the entire season until a late season collapse. So that's like literally like- every season, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the, the literal history of Everton. Is- They're the New York Mets. For Everton. <laughs> Yeah, they do what I they mean, do when they do they, it consistently. You know, it's like they got some good players. They got some fun guys to watch, but they can never close it out. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm sure Tim doesn't uh, hate you dissing on Everton. They are the, the I don't. enemy of Liverpool. And speaking of Liverpool, Liverpool also not underwhelming. I mean, probably under, underwhelming result for them this weekend, but a instant classic an epic match against Brentford at Brentford um, newly promoted Brentford overperforming Brentford. We'll see how long they can, mm. up. but Tim, what are your, what are your thoughts? That's Liverpool's your team. Uh, give yeah. us a breakdown of that match. Man. Well, I mean, I can't even attempt to summarize it because it was such a wild ride the whole time. It was just, just adrenaline the whole, the whole game. Um, I would say, I mean, Liverpool definitely showed some problems in the back, uh, their defenders who are normally, I mean, we had allowed one goal coming into this match through five weeks, allowed one goal. So our goalkeeper and our back line have been rock solid. And so to allow three goals to anybody is like kind of an eye opener, you know? So there were definitely some times when they were getting beaten. Um, and then there were some goals that that our front guys should have scored that they didn't. So like, I feel like we should have won the game, Um, but props to Brentford. They played so well. And I I heard somebody say like, you know, Brentford is flying high coming into coming into this. They've had obviously that first week against Arsenal, they've had some really good performances and, you know, this is honestly one of those matches, just like if, you know, Man City comes to town or, or Chelsea United, maybe, where if Brentford loses 3-0, 4-0, it's nobody even mentions it. It's just kind of like, yeah, that happens, right? Like when those clubs come to town, it's a it's a rough game. No one blames them if they get blown out, right? So they just had nothing to lose. They were just playing their hearts out. They were they, they were just, oh my gosh, so much fun to watch. Even like watching against them you know what I mean and um so I think I mean Brentford earned the point I wish Liverpool would have gotten more but it's kind of like I think Liverpool probably gave a seven out of ten performance like it wasn't a terrible performance that's a really good team they're playing um but it's obviously like to drop points against a team that's been newly promoted is going to be disappointing um that, you know, we expect to drop points here and there, but you don't want to drop points to a team that's just been promoted, even if they're playing this well. Um, but, you know, we come, we came into this, this match week, um, basically top of table level on points. And we came out of it alone, top of table with a one point advantage. So you can't be too disappointed in that just kind of as the team, how the team has been playing, but um, but yeah, definitely a little bit of disappointment. The one other thing I'll say at the very end of the game, I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was just this, this raucous back and forth playing. And then the ball goes out of bounds and, um, Thomas Frank and Jurgen Klopp just kind of look at each other and with just wide eyed laughter. And that, expl- that says it all like these two guys who are these old, these German managers, I assume they've known each other for a while and they just look at each other and they're just like, this is really fun. I know? saw that so, look. I saw that that look. It was it was like kind of an epic image of of that. Yeah, match, I think. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of disappointment, but I mean, you can't fault really anybody. It's Brentford played really well. Yeah, and I think kind of like I said last week, 
it makes it makes a, a 2-0 loss to Brentford feel a lot better when they go and draw against Liverpool, you know? Yep. I mean, you don't want to again, you don't want to lose to a newly promoted club. You Wolves have higher aspirations than that, but yeah, you realize like no, they they are a, and we talked about this earlier in the day, like they're a disciplined team who knows who they are and yeah. they play within their system really well. Yeah. And that exposed a whole bunch of Wolves problems and i know i know some of the the goals brentford scored were you know potentially some like underwhelming defensive plays by by liverpool but yeah you still got to ex- execute you got to take advantage of of mistakes that the top clubs make and so and they did that so i think man very impressive to see brentford um they're sitting at ninth right now. Liverpool top of table though. So even with the even with that draw, that dropping of points, they are the only undefeated team in the league. Right. So you got to be happy with that. The other top teams in the league, I said tongue in cheek, the top two to kind of dig at both you. Both. I let I let that slide. I was assuming you were referring to Brentford and Liverpool, but no, no, I was talking City, you're talking Chelsea, about someone else as a, as a slight to you and Chris, but, uh, the city Chelsea game, um, did either of you or any of you guys catch that? I saw the highlights. I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch it. Yeah. City city, pretty, pretty much dominated the match, but even so, I think that shows what great defense Chelsea plays with. We know that about Chelsea, um, uh, but, but city pretty well dominated that match and Chelsea didn't have, didn't have an answer for them. Um, obviously losing at home against a team you're competing with to, to win the title isn't good for Chelsea. Um, Chelsea and city sit even Ch- Manchester city has a one point goal advantage plus the head to head victory helps them quite a bit. Um, but obviously a lot of season left, but, but city city looking like city as we'd expect. And De Bruyne just got his first start too this season. So they're, it's only uphill from here for them. Or yeah. downhill. What, how, how is that? I don't know. I guess it depends part? on. I don't know. Look out everybody, including city's next opponent, Liverpool. Well, for for the for the seventeen games that De Bruyne is healthy, watch out. Exactly. Watch even, out. Watch they're out. They're even more dominant than they are without. That's right. Imagine if he was healthy for a full season. Jeez, Chris, you had a rather disappointing four thirty a.m. match. That's back to back disappointing four thirties for for us. I had to mm. sit through a whole weekend after the Wolves Brentford loss, and you had to sit through the whole weekend after, after a brutal, brutal defeat to Villa. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, well, the good news about the four thirty game is I have another one this weekend. I so, saw that. I saw that. It's fantastic, which actually I can't complain about because we have our first little league baseball game this Saturday morning. So it fits into the schedule very nicely. Nice. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Uh, it's been four bad performances in a row for mm-hmm. United. Um, and that's including cup games. Mm-hmm. So they had, you know, the crazy West Ham game. Wasn't a great performance. It was crazy because they miraculously kind of pulled that one out. Uh, but going back to their, you know, since they smashed Newcastle 4-1 in Ronaldo's return, they lost two one to young boys. Granted, they were down a man almost the entire match. Got the miracle against West Ham. Lost to West Ham in the Caribou Cup to get eliminated from that cup, and lost to Villa. So four straight performances where they haven't played well. Um, this, I mean, Aston Villa deserved to win this game. Like they outplayed them for a lot of it. <laughs> United just, it had the feel the entire game that this was a classic early season United match that they, that I've kind of come to just accept under Ole um, because that's about all I've been watching them for. I don't know 
<laughs> you know, I don't have this long, illustrious history as a United fan to, to fall back on, right? So United under Ole has kind of always struggled to start the season. Ole, you know, last year had the quote, well, it's going to take us five games to get this kind of figured out. Um, so it kind of has, it kind of had that feel to it. They just couldn't score a lot of opportunities. They just couldn't put it in. Um, Villa's goal was somewhat controversial. A lot of talk that it probably could have been disallowed by VAR um, because De Gea was getting boxed out on the, uh, on the corner. I don't know. VAR, like anytime you're relying on VAR to decide a game, like just get out of here. Like I'm over it. Um, but you know, obviously the big shock was Bruno taking a penalty in, in, in extra time and, and missing it, which he's only missed a couple in his entire career. Um, it was, it was almost flooring because he never kicks that penalty. He never goes power up the middle. Mm -hmm. He always goes to the side. The only other one that I've seen him miss, it was a save. So he's had, you know, he's had a couple save, but he doesn't miss net. And for him just to sky it. I mean, you just feel, you feel for the guy. Um, and, you know. Speaking United, of feeling for the guy, dude, United's uh, Twitter has been getting a, slayed by non-United fans. <laughs> Look, United I, puts this, like, I don't know if you guys saw it. Tim, did you see it? United's I didn't know. Official Twitter shows, like, Bruno, like, a picture of Bruno, and it's like, I don't remember even what he, what he tweeted out, but or it was probably Instagram, but something like, you know, I'll be back thankful for all the support of, of my teammates. And then it's all these teammates like commenting, like you good, we, we got you all this stuff. But the, it was like, so like overly emotional, like, dude, you missed a PK. It's not like you, your dad died or yeah. something like really horrible happened. Like you, you have cancer and you're going to miss the rest of the season. Like Dude, you missed a PK. It was like very emotional. And in, in match week six, too. It wasn't like yes. the Euro final or something. Totally. Yeah, it was he put out a really long post that afternoon uh of you know apologizing for the miss and how he always plays with his heart. Like one, he didn't need to do that. He's no, he didn't freaking Bruno Fernandez. He's one of the best players in the world. He gives everything every time he's out there. He doesn't need to do that. And one of the best penalty kickers in the world, like 100%. specifically that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And nobody's a hundred percent. And I am, I am on the record as fully hating United Twitter. It is just an absolute, <laughs> it's a, it's disgusting. It really is. I mean, there's a handful of fans who are really good and like, you know, who the true supporters are. And so you, you try and just kind of see those, but anyone who would question Bruno for missing a PK, it's just stupid. It's so dumb. So one, he didn't need to do it. Two, Twitter for United is just atrocious. Stay as far away from it as you can. Um, but you know, it it is kind of funny because when they bought Ronaldo, it was who takes the PKs. Totally. Ronaldo or Bruno. They're probably maybe the two best in the world at it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, oh, I look, mean, yeah, it's 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 worth a conversation. Right. And so the thought was Bruno takes the free kicks, Ronaldo takes the penalties and first chance they get Bruno takes it and he misses. Um, who knows? Will he get another one this season? That's my question. I, you know what? I bet you in a game I, where Ronaldo's on the pitch. Will yeah. Bruno so, get another one? so here was my thought. My thought was they're going to alternate. So Bruno takes this one Ronaldo takes yeah. the next one. I'm willing to bet if there's another penalty relatively soon, Bruno takes it. To, to get, get his that, confidence to just back. To get that out of his head. That's what I would think. Uh, and, and move on from it. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them go every other. Um, yeah. All accounts, they're really close friends. Uh, obviously, they're uh, teammates on their national team Portuguese, in Portugal. Yeah. Um, so from all accounts, like they want the best for each other. So I could see that being the case. Who knows? Um, but at the end of the day, United couldn't score. They couldn't score all day. The penalty kick was just a you know, nutshell of what the entire game was for them. So good job. Can I, can I ask one question about the penalty kick? Uh, yeah. Was there any controversy or any like deliberation between him and Ronaldo or they knew going yeah. in who was going to be taking it? Yeah, no, it was Bruno hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Ole kind of complained afterwards about the length of time it took for the ref to allow the kick to happen because like uh, 
uh, Villa players were kind of surrounding him and like talking trash, but like you see that stuff all the time. And did they yeah. scuff the did they scuff the kick area? That's <laughs> no. like my favorite. I saw Nevez, Nevez did that recently. He's like scuffing the kick area. It's like so funny. Yeah, no, none of that happened. It just it was just there was a delay in the ref. You know, even after he placed the ball, there was still like another minute delay of him blowing the whistle to allow it. So it's just weird. Ole was complaining about that, but I, I don't think that that matters. I think that's just talk and you know, hot air after a match that you lost that you probably shouldn't have. So they've got, you know, they play again, champions league on Wednesday against Villarreal. It's a must, it's a must win game for them or else they're probably out of the champions league. I know there's still five matches for them to play in it, but if you go down Oh two, it's almost insurmountable. That's bad. Yeah. That's tough. So I expect a good effort from them. And then they've got Everton this weekend, which Everton always plays them tough. And Everton, like we just talked about, like they just kind of find ways to stick around in these matches. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And if if it were at Everton, I would probably feel better because this team's just <laughs> better on the road. <laughs> like they just are. They still yeah. have their historical win streak or unbeaten streak going on the road. I would feel better if this were an away game. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We should mention, I, I know we're kind of focusing on United there, but that header by house to give them the, to give Villa the lead was just those glancing headers. Wolves don't score a lot of goals off set pieces. Well, Wolves don't score a lot of goals in general. So <laughs> let's just say that then they don't score a lot off of direct like corners, but that house header, that sideways deflection in, uh, that was a great goal, not goal of the week, but that was a great goal. Yeah, it was a good one. And it's almost unstoppable. Like, yeah, you know, like, especially where that one went top corner, basically, like De Gea is not making that save. I don't think anyone's making that save on that play. Whether he was getting boxed out or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, the other match, North London Derby. I, I don't know if there was a more shocking result over the weekend. Maybe the Brentford Liverpool 3-3, but Arsenal coming out, scoring three goals in the first half. Uh, Sun getting a, a like kind of courtesy goal at the end of the match to make it 3-1. Um, okay, I did see on, on Twitter somewhere that it's the first time in top flight football history that a team that was in first place has now been passed by the team that was in 20th place within like six games or three games or something like that. So Arsenal now sits above Tottenham on the table. They're both three. They both have three wins and three, three losses um, with the same goal differential, Mm -hmm. but Arsenal has the head to head victory to put them ahead of them. All right, here it is, Nate. Spurs became the first team in world football to be top of the league and then overtaken by the team at the bottom of the league within three games. <laughs> Pretty remarkable. I mean, it happened after match week three, Tottenham was top Arsenal bottom. And now after six Arsenal, just above Tottenham. Yeah. Even on points, even on goal differential, but the win puts them above. Yep. Tottenham Tottenham is now allowed three goals in the last three matches. Now let's remember this in Nuno Espirito Santos squad that is typically very stout defensively and started off great. I think they started off with three clean sheets. So um, somewhat surprising, I would say, but I saw the post-match press conference with Nuno and he was, he was saying some pretty harsh things about the players in a very like non-harsh way, but he was basically saying like, I put a system in place and they didn't do it. Oh, and then, and then the, the, the person asking him the questions kind of came back to that a little later and was like, so are you saying that you don't have like the player, like, have you lost the players? And he's and he he kind of backtracked a little bit and was like, no, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they didn't execute what we like. They they know what they're supposed to do. They're not disobeying me. They just weren't able to execute. And then he kind of gave Arsenal some credit, like, and our opponent was able to like stop my tactics. And that's Man. that's that's bad. 
that's a bad situation to be in. That's which bad. do do we want to relitigate our conversation about the first manager to lose his job this season? Because we had that conversation after match week three, and I was like, they're going to give him more time. They're going to with Arteta, right? I'm like, they're yeah. going to give him more time. Too much is invested. They like they've got time. They'll figure it out. But then it was like, I think they were playing Norwich in match week four. And it was like, well, if they lose to Norwich. And at that point, I was like, yeah, that's probably true. He's going to be gone. I mean, I don't know if Nuno's actually in danger of losing his job yet. But, man, kind of conversation. He's basically admitting he doesn't have the club. Yeah. And to me, the bigger, to me, the far bigger issue is Harry Kane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Harry Kane does not want to be there. He's not playing like he wants to be there. And You're just saying that because he has no goals and no assists. Oh, yep. wait. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Harry Kane situation, Nuno's in a horrible situation. I Supposedly, supposedly he wanted Kane to stay. So if that's true, then I put this on Nuno. Like, dude, yeah. that's. This is your this is your issue, and the the whole Tottenham situation is such a mess because we know Daniel Levy's kind of a mess, and Nuno was what their sixth option. They had so, they went through so many options. Like people don't want that job. If Nuno hadn't have gotten sacked by Wolves or whatever, mutually parted with Wolves, and had the opportunity to go to a bigger London club, I don't think Nuno takes that. Like. It's just new. It's a, it's good. It's a good situation for Nuno to move into theoretically, but I don't know. I Spurs, which is fun, funny, like six weeks in, I'm surprised to say that I actually think Spurs are in a far worse place than Arsenal. Are they in a far worse place than Wolves? Uh, yeah, I, I would actually probably say yes. Most not not on points, of course, but if you in look terms at of expectations, well, for sure, in terms of expectations, but I would even say in terms of like kind of culture and what's happening within yeah. the club, you know, Wolves only have two wins of six, but you get the sense that the players are bought in the fans enjoy the excitement of the club. There's some there's some questions, no doubt about Wolves, but but Tottenham, the expectations are so high. The Harry Kane situation, losing your to your getting smoked by in your derby. Um, I it doesn't. I I feel like Tottenham's in a worse situation than Wolves. And remember, remember Tottenham's first game against City, like the conversation after that first week, and that the Kane didn't play, and there was still a chance that he was going to move. That's now right. you think back, like, what if, what if he had been allowed to go, they get 150 million for him. It's probably not enough time to spend that money right now, but they've got their cohesion, got their cohesion and they can work towards the January transfer window and bring in three studs. You know? should, I mean, I, yeah, I think we've, <laughs> we've maybe belabored the point, but yeah. I do think we all think that they really should have sold him. Yeah. I mean, I was I didn't think they would sell him, but they should have sold him. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was my my whole thing. I mean, if you can get that money, even if you got to wait to the January transfer window to get someone in there, and then you just crush it, you know, we kind of talked about it last week. Like Daniel Levy is not spending a lot on his roster. Hmm. He's, he's just not. They're a big six club making a lot of money, and he's got like a seventy nine million dollar roster, which is high ish but not in the big six territory and they're in that massive new stadium they're trying they were like trying to be the dallas cowboys of the premier league like just a massive stadium and they've got to pack it out but (laughs) they're doing a great job mediocre underperforming is is troy aikman struggling these days i haven't been paying attention (laughs) actually we should give credit to dallas who won tonight they actually don't look terrible this year yeah they might actually be decent well, there's another team. There's two other teams I want to talk about briefly. Um, one that I think we should should I just ask the question, should Leicester City be worried? Leicester is, 
I think has a soft spot in all of our hearts. Um, they're a likable club. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about them specifically because Kemi's going to feature them next week, but Lester has been a top six flirted with the top four for the last few seasons. And they sit at 13th right now. They only have two victories, um, seven points. You know, we talk about schedules mattering. Um, they have, they've played, they, they lost to city, but they also lost to Brighton and drew with Burnley this weekend. Um, their last victory was against Norwich. They got smoked by West Ham. Um, what do we think about Leicester? I think it's not good. That, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I love Jamie Vardy. This is really hard to watch because I love Jamie Vardy. Um, and he's still the only one scoring for them. Um, but this is rough to watch because I, I, for whatever reason, I know I wasn't around when they made the miraculous run in uh, 2015 or whatever it was. Um, but they're still like a fun Cinderella team to, to kind of cheer for when they're, when you're not watching your own team or when they're not playing your team. But this is brutal. Like it's brutal to see where they're at right now. And I hope it for their fan sake, it doesn't continue, but they're just not playing good football right now. Yeah. Jamie Vardy had the, the unintentional hat trick this weekend. He had two goals <laughs> and an own goal. So um, not exactly what, what you would hope for, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've always centered their, their attack around Vardy as they should. Um, it's not that he's dropped off. So you just, you wonder what's happening there um, with that squad. And I think I agree with you, Chris, I, I hope for a turnaround uh, for them. I've got to say, I haven't, I haven't really watched them closely at all. So I haven't seen kind of their form or anything, but I mean, even just, we should remember just what we said about Tottenham and Arsenal, right? Like after three weeks, the storyline seemed clear and now they're completely different. Right. So if this persists, you know, match, match week 12, match week 18, match week 20, whatever, like then we'll really start knowing, but I don't think they were, they, I don't think they had any top four ambitions this year, not realistically. So like Europe is probably still within striking distance. Enough can go crazy, but for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll need to turn things around six weeks in we're what 15, 17% of the way through the season. I do think it's enough of a, it's enough of a chunk to start asking like real questions for sure. Um, but you still have 32 matches left. So you're right in that there, a lot's going to change over the next eight months or however many more months we have left. To, but to the point that one of you just made about Jamie Vardy, was that you Chris saying like he, he keeps scoring. Was that you Nate? I forget who yeah. said that, but he's tied for first right now with uh, Sala and Mikel Antonio for most goals in the, in the league with five. Which is so crazy. if he's scoring those goals, five goal, five goals in six games is like, that's like peak Vardy yep. who's so good. And that's like him at his best. And they're still playing this way. There's a lot, like, it's not just they're waiting for him to click and then he can carry the team. There's yeah. a lot going wrong. If he's scoring that many and they're still doing this. this yeah. Morning. It's just, it's crazy to see him at 49 years old, still playing. So well. <laughs> if you, if you go and look at his stats on uh, like football reference, it, they start at age like 27. 26 or something i'm like what did this guy do for his like first quarter century of his life i think he played in the lower leagues if i remember correctly Jamie where the Vardy, stats don't count like they, no, they were they do count but well i don't know you'd have to i don't know but they i'm pretty sure he played he's played in like every flight if i remember correctly i think he's played in every flight of english football it's it's pretty remarkable. But right? I think some of those stats do start like what I'm seeing here. So yeah, so at okay, so at age 24, I exaggerated a bit. Age 24 was in the fifth level conference yeah. premier and then yep. age 25 he joined Leicester and that was in the championship. But that still like leaves a lot like he was only in the he was in the fifth level at age 24. Most of these guys you start seeing their numbers at age you know, if not 16 or 17, then definitely like 18 or 19. So dude, before he was at Leicester, 
He played. He started his career at Stockbridge Park Steels, then played with FC Halifax Town, <laughs> then moved on to Fleetwood Town. Yep, and landed at Leicester. It's awesome. It's incredible. And then, yeah, and then, and then, and then, so won the championship with Leicester at age twenty six, and then won the Premier League with Leicester at age twenty eight. So that he he got them promoted at 26 and then wins it for them at 28. That's amazing. Incredible. He's got 143 goals and 314 appearances for Leicester. I didn't realize they won the league two years after promotion. Yeah, man. It's crazy. That, that helped that gives, I knew it was a Cinderella story. I just didn't realize the con the true context. That'd be like Brentford winning it next year. Yep. Or Leeds winning it this year or Or wolves winning it like two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Should we give up some more or Norwich winning it? <laughs> uh, the other team I do want to talk about real briefly is West Ham. I picked West Ham to finish in the bottom 10. I think I had them at 11th, mostly because I felt like they had to play Europa and enhanced like more, a busier schedule was going to put them really under pressure they're sitting at six right now. Oh no, they're not sitting at six. I'm still, I was looking at last year's uh, um, table. They're at seventh right now, 11 points. Um, they obviously lost that heartbreaker to, to United, which could have gone either way, but a gritty win this weekend against Leeds. I watched that match this weekend is very fun to watch. Um, they, they, I, I'm pretty sure they won their Europa match. Like, We'll see if they can withstand it. That's the challenge with some of these smaller clubs. Um, if they can handle European mid- midweek matches and the the strain of of your of the Premier League, but but I've been impressed so far with West Ham. They seem to still have it. Mikel Antonio is playing out of his mind. We, you just mentioned earlier, tied for league in goals, but he's been playing great. And his goal this week was great. It was so like, he's such a powerhouse. He just like bulldozes his way through very Traore. Like totally. He also got a goal uh, disallowed with a forearm to Melier's face. Classic, (laughs) classic, but let's also classic Antonio. Let's also not forget the bubblers. They are the bubblers. They are bubblers. Don't spoil it for Kemi though. We'll let him see that for himself. Well, you guys already got to talk about your clubs give me my two minutes to talk about wolves. So we'll go ahead and start that now. Wolves beat Southampton one nil away at Southampton. I think a rather, it's a great uh, three points for wolves an important three points for wolves. Um, anytime you're able to go away uh, to a squad and, and beat them is, is good. Uh, wolves had a bit of a surprise. We don't, we don't have a lot of depth at midfield or at the back. And all of our, all of our depth is in the attacking front. Um, we anticipated some changes over the weekend. We did think potentially that he would make a couple changes at the back. Cause we do have Willie Bolly um, who's able to play, but uh, the, all the changes came up front. Traore didn't start. Trincao didn't start. Quang and Podence both started. And I think it was pretty noticeable. We had far less of attacking presence I think only six shots, maybe three on goal, much different than the first uh, four or five weeks. But the story of, of the match was Raul Jimenez getting his first goal in 10 months after a horrific injury last year. Um, and what a goal it was. I mean, he just danced. He wanted to score. He had potents wide open on the wing. He doesn't pass it. He dances around a couple of defenders and slots at home really great scenes at home to do it at Molyneux in front of that crowd. Um, his teammates were celebrating like crazy. It was really beautiful. Podence looked like, you know, he was, it was Christmas morning. Um, and Jose saws pass is what set it up. It was beautiful. Cody runs back to saw jumps on him. Um, it was really beautiful. Um, and Jose saw had a great match. He plays totally different than Rui. Um, he's more of a sweeper keeper, which I'll explain in a minute, but he comes out and he really, he saved a goal earlier in the match as well. So great effort by, by wolves. Happy to get the points. 
Um, two minutes goes by so fast, guys. Yeah, it does. Uh, but I I saved some things for after um, my my official two minutes. <laughs> so one your is, rules come back to bite you in the ass. Hey, I think in, it's a good I think it's a good rule. Injury time, we stoppage time. We got we got stop. hold up the card for four minutes. No. <laughs> now I get four additional minutes. Well, one, I do want to explain sweeper keeper. So Kemi, there's kind of two models of keeper. One is, I don't know what the alternative is, but it's someone who stays really like kind of tied to the line, to the goal line. And they, they don't come off their line very often. They stay within kind of their space and just make saves within their space. Wolves previous goalie, Rui Patricio was this type of goalie. Um, And there's criticism of that style, but with a more attacking team, typically a more attacking team would want what's called a sweeper keeper. Someone who comes out, they're not afraid to come off the line. They'll run out far to make a save or to kick the ball away. Um, And that's why I brought that up because saw came off his line um, to get to intercept the ball and get rid of it, that probably if Rui had been in goal would have been scored. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of an important distinction I noticed in this match between, and I've noticed it already. Like he, he's super aggressive. He'll run on corners and try and intercept it or punch it away. And I find it more, far more exciting, of a keeper style, um, isn't the Rui, the Rui style kind of a dying, a dying, I don't know if it's an art, it doesn't really feel artful, but it's kind of a dying like breed. The, it really is. Like, yeah, I, I think, think, I think in the past keepers didn't really have to have good ball handling skills, but now you really have to be a well-rounded athlete to like with passing skills, dribbling skills, all kinds of movements. Whereas you're not just on the line jumping or diving, but you're, you're really part of part of the team driving the ball forward that's does right age play into that at all or is it probably just style no. no probably not i think it's just who who the keeper is and what style they like they feel comfortable playing is that something that's coached or is it just very particular to this to the player i don't know actually probably some athletes like would lend themselves more to one than the other i would guess and depending on where they came up, they would probably have been coached a certain way as well. I would guess. And probably the teams that they would attract maybe prefer one style over the other. Cause Liverpool's keeper, Allison, he's definitely that attacking. He comes Uh out and sometimes it gets really, Nate, you're right. It's much more exciting, much more interesting, but sometimes that's like, it's really dicey where you're like, you see the ball lobbing in the air and you see the striker coming in and you see the keeper moving out and you're like, this could go really well. This could go really poorly, or this could be like a colossal, a colossal mashup. Yeah. So it's more exciting for sure. The other thing I did want to mention, I, I did see a side-by-side today, Chris, actually I tagged you. I tagged you in it on Twitter, the side-by-side, it was Jordan Sancho versus Jose saw they put their stats. So saws the keeper and Jordan Sancho is like Jaden. Jaden, sorry, Jaden Sancho. He's like wonder boy. Um, and he's amazing. Like it's, this is more tongue in cheek than anything, but the, it was like saw has six appearances. I think Sancho has five and it was goals. Both have zero, but saw has an assist and <laughs> Sancho doesn't have an assist. Here's the thing. They blew that because they should have put Harry Kane instead of Sancho. Cause at least Harry Kane is playing full matches. Sancho is playing about 25 minutes a match right now. Totally. No, I think, yeah, I don't know why they, who knows who made because it. Because but... it's just a dig at United. That's all. Yeah. Which is well, fair game. It's where did, where did Saw come from? Did he, did he play in the German league with Sancho or was there any connection between the two of them? No, no. He played in the Greek league. He's with oh. Olympia. He was with Olympiakos. Got it. Um, we kind of mentioned Josh, Josh Sargent earlier, but Pulisic is still out. So, uh, our American watch is rather quiet. Um, there are some questions. I mean, Pulisic 
is just seems to always be injured for a handful of matches every season. And it'll be interesting to see how long he's at Chelsea, like whether that's even the best place for him long-term. Um, I think it's good and important to have Americans in the premier league. So I hope that he stays, but, um, but we'll see, hopefully when he gets healthy again, we'll, we'll see him out there. Hair watch this weekend. I saw three heads of hair that really, that really stood, stood out to me. Um, in today's match, which we, I can't even believe we haven't mentioned, but oh man, Brighton scores a last minute, last second goal to draw uh, with Crystal Palace. But the hair from that match was Tim. You probably need to help me with the pronunciation of this of this name. But Mark Cucurella, Cucurella, Sucurella. It's probably Cucurella. I guess the double L is forms a oh, Y. Yeah. I just I depending on where he's from, I don't know. Is I he, never uh, know what the C's are. They soft or hard? Those Cucurella. would be hard. Those would be hard. Cucurella, I would guess. Mark Kukurea, uh, just a beautiful, big, massive fro head of hair. Um, easy to spot on the pitch. He was, he, it was, it was beautiful. Um, I don't know. Did you, did either of you guys see, see him? I'm looking at him right now and it's, it's really something. There's a lot of volume. A lot of volume, curly, bouncy hair. I'm, I'm a suck. I'm a sucker for that. Uh, the other player I, I noticed on Norwich, a guy named Matthias Norman with two N's. Uh, I don't know. Swedish. What is he? Tim, help me out. Norwegian, Norwegian ball player. He has this dyed, dyed hair. And there's lots of bleach tips. There's lots of dyed hair. We talked a lot about that. I didn't necessarily love his hair, but what stood out to me is he had that. He looked like he should be in a boy band far more than playing football. It was, is it, is his hair dyed gray? I'm looking up some images here. It, I mean, it looked blonde to me from what I saw, but okay. I mean, it, it could have, it could be. Cause that's a bold fashion choice. I wouldn't, it be. looks, it looks like at some point he did have it dyed gray. I don't know if he does anymore. No, it looks a little more. Um, it looks a little more blonde, but but I'm not I'm not sure for I'm not positive. And the final one is uh, Maxwell Cornet Cornet. He's he's from the Ivory Coast, so Cornet. I'm a, I think it's French speaking over there. So uh, Maxwell Cornet, and if you do some Google images of. Google search images of him, you will see a great array of hair that he's had. We could choose many of them, but what I noticed is, and I'm not sure I saw it correctly, but it looks like he may have a front side rat tail. Ooh. I don't know if it's like a one dread that he's allowed to grow longer than the rest it was it was hard to tell on on the play, but there definitely looked like one side front rat tail that would just a, a dread longer than the rest. Not quite sure, but it definitely definitely stood out to me uh, today. But he he's one to watch because it looks like maybe a Traore type who likes to change his hair, add some cornrows, pick it out. Uh, also has some skill playing soccer. Add, I would adds, hope, and he also has some skill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Traore as well. For sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a single dread. Yeah. Man. Just swooping off to the side. The side rat tail. I mean, it's a rat, rat tails in general are a bold, a bold choice. The first time I saw it, I thought, oh, that's a rat tail. And then I went back and rewatched the clip and I'm like, oh, that's a side rat tail. That's intentional. That's bold. That's bold. <laughs> that is bold. And I bring him up because he had his first goal in the Premier League, and it was brilliant. Mm. So I want to talk about goal of the week. I don't know if you saw that one. It came in in a cross, one-timer. He fired it in. I'm just a 
just a beautiful goal uh, by him this week. Opened his account, as they say. Uh, then there was the long staff goal rocket from deep. Um, ben Foster probably should have saved it, but but just any any time a long deep goal goes in, it's celebratory for sure. I don't know if you guys have any other nominations, but for me, hands down goal of the week goes to Raul Jimenez. Not ne not necessarily because of the skill of it, but just because of the importance of it and and the the sentimentality of it. I mean, the amount of Twitter I saw, like not from Wolves fans, but just across the soccer world celebrating Raul scoring after after 10 months was uh was really beautiful. So it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion that he would be able to play and play in the Premier League again. I mean, we I mean, there was the extent of that brain brain injury was so terrible. That Kenny, do you I know this story so much. at all? So in November of last season, Wolves were playing Arsenal. Um, uh, Raul Jimenez, who's the Wolves striker and their most prolific goal scorer, 10 to 20 a year in all competitions, uh, goes up for a header, hits his head with uh, David Luiz or David Luiz for Arsenal and crumbles to the ground. I mean, just one of those horrific sports injuries that you see some are bad where it's like the leg snaps in half and it's gruesome, but this is one where you're like scared for someone's life because he, he gets hit in the head and then does not move. And he's just down on the ground and like his teammates are crying and he was out unmoving for 10 minutes I mean, it was so scary. It was super scary. It was, it was easily 10 this. minutes. Yeah, I did see this. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been big news last, mm -hmm. last season and last November. So he had emergency brain surgery. Um, he was out for the rest of all of last season. Um, and a lot of questions whether he would ever play soccer again. Um, so came back, didn't play really. He didn't play at all last year was potentially able to play at the end of last year, but they held him back um, from playing, played a little bit in the preseason and has been playing, but hasn't scored. And so there's been like this, is he back? Is he able to perform at such a high level? A lot of questions around that. And so for him to finally put one in the net, I think just is one of those like human stories. That's really, really beautiful. Yeah. I, I couldn't offer anything else. That's, I didn't know that story prior. So he can have my vote this week. Huh. That's pretty cool. It's funny that that is the one highlight I think I saw last. That was the last year. Mm -hmm. um, your description was perfect. That's two guys go up, one guy stays down. And I think the player that hit him immediately starts waving on trainers and teammates. I do remember that highlight. I shouldn't call it a highlight. I do remember that play. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. I was watching it live. Titus is an Arsenal fan, so he and I were watching that match together, and it was, it was very, it was brutal. It was yeah. very hard to watch. Yeah, great story. Good, good choice. Well, let's do our lock it in review. Um, the trends keep trending. Uh, Kemi, you had United over Aston Villa, which was wrong. You're at two and four. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you had Liverpool over Brentford, which was also wrong. You're at two and four. Tim took West Ham over Leeds, which started off not looking too good, but West Ham with a nice comeback to move you to five and one. And I took Wolves over South Southampton to move to six and oh, I did put my money where my mouth is. Um, I said I was going to start betting on my lock of the week. And I did. I had a nice little double. I also took Arsenal over Tottenham, and that paid me quite nicely. For this week, uh, Kemi, who are you taking? Uh, this week. Oh, oh, you have this bold choice this I week. I do. I'm hesitant to say it because I think I got skewered in the group chat, but here it is. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I uh, support you wholeheartedly in what you're about to say. I just want I'm, that. I want the record. Can to you show can it. you feel my hesitance? We feel it. <laughs> Liverpool over Man City. So, Heck yeah. Hey, if you're gonna go bold, you might as well go bold. What's so. the line on that so I can make my first football bet? Oh no, don't put money on it. But what um, if Chris will look up the Chris will look up the odds right now. Chris, what li- if? Listen, Liverpool fan here saying don't make that. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer draw. I, I can see a draw. I can see draw, a draw. Draw's good. Soccer's hard to bet on because there's three options if you're going yep. with like win, lose, or draw. So um Chris, while or you're looking that out, up, is there a fourth option? I'm going blowout. Yeah, you could you could pick it. Chris, while you're looking that up, who are you taking uh next week? Well, I am testing my powers because they are in full effect this season, boys. Uh so I'm taking Chelsea over Southampton to see if I can bring a either Chelsea loss or draw this weekend. And the odds are ever in the favor of slightly for man city man city is a plus 135 meaning if you bet a hundred dollars you'll win 135 dollars back liverpool is a plus 195 so if you bet a hundred dollars on liverpool you win 195 dollars back so it's the draw? favorite uh the draw is a plus 250 which feels like the right bet that feels like the right bet the game's at city right uh, no, it's at Anfield. It's at Anfield. Oh, sorry about that. Wow. Oh, I'm surprised. Tim, who are you going with? I'm going with fourth place United over fifth place Everton. They're level on points. Eight goal difference versus five goal difference. But I think that's a bold choice. It's not, it's not as bold as some people, but it's bold. Yeah. Some people? With the way they've been playing lately, it's bold. <laughs> it, is, it is Everton now. I am going to see if my winning powers can remain. I'm taking Wolves over Newcastle, which isn't. I'm surprised it made it to fourth. I think it shows maybe how uh, overly like confident I am about Wolves and how, how you guys probably have a proper perspective of Wolves. But I'm undefeated on the year, and the two times I've picked Wolves – They've won, so I'll go for it again. They're home. I think Newcastle's shit, so um, I it's it's actually not that hard of a choice for me. Whether Wolves will win, that's a whole other question, but the choice itself was not a hard choice to make. Yeah, Wolves are actually a pretty big favorite in that, so you are not going out on any limb according to the odds. What are they? What are they? Uh, Wolves are a minus one fifty five favorite, and Newcastle's a plus four hundred underdog. Yikes! And it's at Molyneux. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Kemi, who are you featuring next week? Try that again, Lester. Lester. Yeah, we hinted at that earlier in the episode. This. This is. This is a soccer neophyte's favorite team. We kind of hinted at it. Um, and it's the team with the most Nigerians on it. Bring so it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Hopefully they'll be more exciting than the team with the other Nigerian on it, Everton. <laughs> I actually don't know. There, there might be a couple other Nigerians in the league, but, but definitely these two plus um, – uh, I forget who it was at Everton, but uh, they're kind of the most notable Nigerians. Yeah. Le- Lester has Wilfred Ndidi and Kalechi Iannaccio. Hey, I know an Iannaccio. Well, this Iannaccio, we, we are big fans of, of Kalechi Iannaccio. He doesn't, he's so, he's such an interesting figure because He'll, he scores in spurts. Um, he had a run of matches last season where it felt like he scored every one. Um, he doesn't always start for Leicester. I don't know. I, I don't follow them closely enough to know what the deal is there, but, but both of those players are definitely guys you'll want to keep your eye on. Um, the big guy to know is Jamie Vardy. We've already mentioned him earlier. He has five goals in six matches. 
He just knows how to score. A um, couple other guys to mention, James Madison, uh, Yuri Tielemans. They're both midfielders. Um, Madison's an interesting character. He's a bit of a shithouse. Like, it'll be I – don't, I don't think he's played great this year. If I've – like, some of the stuff I've, I've heard and kind of watched, I, I haven't watched a ton of their matches either, but um, it doesn't seem like he's playing that great. That could be part of their problems, but um, – He's a, he's definitely a character and Jamie Vardy himself is the king of shithousery. He's the one who, when he scored against wolves, went into the wolves corner and howled like when he scored, he, he will just, he eggs on the opposing fans. He's a, he's, he's an amazing, we, like we awesome. love, we love him is what Nate's yes. saying. He has my favorite goal celebration I've ever seen live. Because we all know I love the the long, drawn-out knee slide. It's amazing. He scored a late goal against someone. I don't even remember who it was. It was probably United for all I can remember. Uh, but he went and he did a long knee slide into the corner. And as he's sliding, he went to hit the flag of the corner stick. And he ends up chopping it in half. And the flag literally breaks in half and flies all over the place. It was amazing. It was awesome. My kind of player. Everything I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll be a lot to a lot to like about this Leicester team. Hopefully, hopefully they show up. Um, they have a defender, Yannick Vestergaard. He's from he just came over from Southampton. Big, tall, tall guy. Um, good defender. And then their keeper is Casper Schmeichel. Um, he's really solid, but his dad is one of the best uh, keepers in history. Oh of the premier league. So mainly played for Manchester United. Yeah. A, a United keeper from back in the day. You guys are building this matchup or at least this team up. Feels good. They're a, they're a, they're a soccer neophytes favorite. Yeah. I didn't get this last week when I, <laughs> when I, the team yeah. I picked this one feels better. Yeah. I hope I hope they give you a good because yeah like they are a fun team to watch when they're when things are going right for them. I hope you get a good a good version of them this week. Cool, I appreciate it. Yeah, historically, I think obviously everyone knows about their miracle championship. I apparently only knew that there was their second year after being promoted, so that makes it even more miraculous in my mind now. But I think it was the 2018-19 season, my first season watching, they had a horrible tragedy. Um, their owner and some of, maybe their chairman and a couple other like executives, after winning, they had just won a match. Their helicopter left the ground and it crashed in just outside of the stadium, I think. Like, and they all died. I mean, horrific horrific tragedy this is only yeah i think three four seat four seasons ago um yeah. so wow. they definitely have some interesting history i think the son the son of the owner the chairman has taken over i never know it's they've got a last name i think they're are they thai they're I from thai, they're, thailand they're yeah thai thai family with a very challenging to pronounce last name um but uh they're they're yeah they're they're a likable interesting team with a lot of a lot of fun players. Anything else that I miss, guys? That that you think is worth adding? Well, Brendan Rodgers, former Liverpool manager. Brendan Rodgers, yep. Who, contrary to his Scottish accent, is from Northern Ireland. I learned very recently. I always thought he was Scottish, and then I just learned he's from Northern Ireland. I did not know. Which that. in the UK is a big difference. Big difference. Here in the states, it's less so, but still significant to me yeah they they play at king power stadium um king power was their former sponsor um sadly i always thought it was like a super cool name like maybe it was like deep in tradition of you know the kings and lords of old england um if you look up king power they're a international group for thai travel retail hmm. um kind of 
kills it for me. <laughs> I wish I hadn't have Googled this. It, <laughs> is it is it the king of Thailand? Like, is it somehow related to the king? Like, is it a a monarch? All right, here's company. The, here's the brief write up. The King Power International Group is a Thai travel retail group based in Bangkok. The chairman and CEO was Vikai until his death. <laughs> In October 2018, he was succeeded as chairman by his son, Ayawat Servatatapaprafa. Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> it's brave of you to attempt that. You know, some people have it and some people don't. And you, you, sir, you've got it. Luckily for you guys, I <laughs> We're all if, you, if you agree or disagree with our pronunciation of these names, email us. <laughs> at Chris. Yeah, email at, Chris directly. At, 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 at palmercat at, at, at uh, gmail.com. It's just chris.smith at aol.com. <laughs> <laughs> Good job getting that before it was taken, by the way. No kidding. I'm an OG of Netscape. <laughs> Still have the discs? You got me. <laughs> That's all we got for this week, gentlemen. Other than, I guess I should say that there is another very big match. Obviously, uh, Kemi already chose that match, but City Liverpool is this weekend. Um, that's must that that's a must watch match. So if you have time, uh, Chris, if the little league match is over. That'll be one to watch. Yeah, I'll have to see uh, what time. Let's see here. Oh, that's on Sunday, the the Liverpool City match. Oh. It's a Sunday morning game. Got it. I thought it was uh, Saturday for some reason. No, it'll be me at 4.30 on Saturday just watching Manchester United. I get to sleep in and watch Wolves at 7. Dude, it's going to feel great. It'll feel so nice. With hey, that, uh, gentlemen. Guys, I just wanted to say Glazers out. <laughs> Hasta luego. <laughs> Glazers out. <laughs>